greatness. Hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. To be praised. And we give you the glory and the honor. There's no one greater than you. So when we pray, Lord, we pray to you, the one who's able to answer. And as Jesus said, after, after this, you will ask me nothing, but you'll go to the Father in my name. So, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for your, for your great mercy and loving kindness for, towards us. We thank you for the, the administration of your plan to redeem men from their sins through your Son, Jesus Christ, who was sinless, and death was unable to hold him because sin, the wages of sin is death, but he never sinned, and therefore he never had to die. Just die in the flesh that we might live eternally. And that's why three days later, according to the scriptures, he was risen and still is. And today we serve a live, alive and living God, no longer on the cross, dead, but alive and missing because he came out of that tomb. And it's been supposedly empty ever since. Today, I believe we can go to Jerusalem. There are several sites where they say Jesus was crucified. It doesn't really matter what site it is. It matters that he is risen. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because it's written in the scriptures in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 that the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. So we thank you, Holy Spirit. But then again, Jesus said he's going to raise himself. And then again, God the Father said, I'm going to raise him. So, Father, there you are, the triune God, Elohim, as in the beginning was the Word. And, Lord, in the beginning, God created. God, Elohim, plural. For the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the administrator, the, the, the uh, revelation, Jesus Christ, and the power the Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Your presence is welcome, Holy Spirit, tonight. May we hear what your Holy Spirit has to say to each of us, Father. To you be the glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, everyone, for those online that just tuned in, because I know we, you know, some, some things pick it up right after the worship. And uh, this is Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. If you're local and in South Florida, we're at Freedom Church, 2810 High Paluxo Road, Lantana, Florida, 33462. You're a half a mile west of I-95 on High Paluxo Road on the north side of the road. So um, I hope to see you someday. So if you want to check us out, you can go to our website, freedomchurchpb.org, freedomchurchpb.org. If you want to send me an email, uh, just add joe at the front of that joe at freedomchurchpb.org i want to remind you thursday nights we air at 7 15 set your clocks we're in we're in genesis chapter 45 tonight so get your bibles on sunday we're in we're in matthew but as i said earlier to the people 
this Sunday, part of a man in our church and his, his wife are going to be speaking. It's evangelist and pastor Brett Hennis, and uh, he's headed to, uh, to Africa in a few weeks again, and he'll be back after the work is done that the Holy Spirit called him to do. So tune in. It's going to be a good Sunday with, with Brett uh, speaking. He's always very uh, zealous and in love with Jesus, and that's all that really counts. But before we get into our Bible study, I have a couple prayer requests. So if you want to bow your heads with me, we'll ask the Holy Spirit in. We're going to pray for Sally. We're going to pray for On, and there are some decisions she's going to make. And uh, we're going to have a baptism coming up, uh, probably not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. Anyway, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you, Lord. We thank you. We're the God that heals us. You know, we sang about your promises tonight. Your promise says, you know, forget not all my promises, who forgives all our sin, who heals all our diseases, and delivers our life from the pit. Well, Father, we happen to believe that. We believe that we are saved through grace, through the Lord Jesus Christ, should we receive him and repent of our sins. We believe that by your stripes, you, we are healed, and we're going to claim that healing. And we know for certain that we're redeemed from death because Jesus conquered death at the cross. And with his last breath, the forces of darkness were smitten. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. So tonight, we're into, into your word, Lord. Tonight, we're going to look to your promises. We have uh, one of our church, Sally, Lord, who has had some uh, eye surgery, Lord. And we pray for a quick healing for her. She says her sight is still off and on. But, Lord, it takes time to heal what, what they did, did on um, this week. But, Lord, we pray that you, she recovers quickly. We pray that the swelling would go down. Lord God, this is one of your servants, Lord, who loves you with all of her heart. And we know, like we would help our children, we know that you will help Sally and get her through this and her eyesight to be restored perfectly, Lord, as it was when she was just a young lady because she was fearfully and wonderfully made. Father God, we want to pray for on. Beijing, Lord, that she's got a decision to make, Lord, and we pray that you give her direction, Father. She wants to know whether she should sell her house and go back to Thailand. She wants to know, uh, you know, all these things, Lord, and she's looking towards you. So we lift her up to you. We bind back any forces of wickedness in Jesus' name is trying to deceive and corrupt. We pray for patience. Because patience is a weapon that forces any deception to reveal itself. So, Lord, we pray that it be revealed as on patiently praise unto you. Father God, we thank you for Kimberly who accepted Jesus Christ last Thursday night, or two Thursday nights ago, I believe it was. But we thank you, Father, for coming in with a friend and practically running to this altar, Lord. Before I even got the words out of my mouth, to come forward, she was already waving her hand and jumping out of her seat. And we thank you, Lord. I pray that more people would, would see that and do that. As I said so many times, Lord God, you know, you told the Red Sea and used Moses to part the Red Sea and Israel walked over on dry land. You told the Red Sea to collapse on the Egyptian army and it obeyed. 
And it said, yes, Lord. You told those brittle, broken bones to come together and be clothed with fresh and breathe life onto them, and they came alive, and they said, yes, Lord. And Father, tonight I pray that everyone that hears about Jesus tonight, yes, he's going to be seen in chapter 45 of Genesis, Lord God. I pray that they would say yes to Jesus and not say no. So, Father, if creation is smart enough to obey, if the Red Sea is smart enough to obey, if the Jordan River is smart enough to obey and be divided and parted, if broken, brittle, uh, broken, brittle bones can come together and then flesh put on at your word and your command and come to life, that we certainly can say yes to Jesus when he says, come unto me and I will give you life. Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So, Father, let them come tonight and say yes to Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I do want to thank everybody in the church because my wife and I were surprised uh, last Sunday with uh, Sunday that just passed with uh, Pastor's Appreciation Day. Certainly, we didn't. I didn't expect anything of it. It was nice. We got to we got to talk with people and we got to sit down and have have lunch, you know. And it was it was great. So thank you, Grace and Lewis, mostly Grace and girls girls did it you know sally was part of it on was part of it carol was part of it and grace spearheaded it i'm sure lewis was involved somewhere <laughs> so thank you it was a real blessing to liz and i and we really thank you but again we just got to point up to heaven where the glory really does you know your pastor's just a a figurehead through whom you know you listen and praise the living god Amen. I always say, don't look at the pastor, look at the master. And that's what we uh, want you to do. Tonight, Genesis chapter 45. Chapter 45. If you remember last week, Joseph is the second in command in Egypt after being sold by his brothers into slavery into Egypt. Um, and uh, there was a famine in the land, as you well know. Well, we can't go through the whole thing. But there was a famine in the land, and, and Jacob sent his sons, the ten sons, the older sons, down to Egypt to get grain because he heard there was grain down there. So the boys made a trip to, to um, Egypt. They bought some grain, and... Joseph was in charge of everything, and his brothers appeared before him, ten of them. Benjamin was home with Jacob in Canaan. Joseph immediately recognized them, and he's going to put them through two, four tests, as we, we're going to, I'll capitalize on them later, but he wanted to put them through four tests. He was harsh with them, but he had a plan. The uh, title of this message tonight is Purpose, Not Tragedy. Joseph understood this spiritually. God did this, allowed this for a purpose and not for tragedy. It actually saved the entire nation of Israel. It would have been wiped out by the seven years of famine because it was only two years into it and they were out of food. 
I had another five years to go. So anyway, now Joseph sent them back home. He put the money in their sack. And, and uh, they went home. When they got home, they found the silver in the sack, and they're going, oh, no, we're in trouble now. We go back to Egypt, they're going to be arrested or even killed. But they were sent back later with Benjamin, and, uh, and Jacob was heartbroken. He was worried about losing Benjamin as he lost Joseph. But God has purpose in all of this. And it's to save an entire nation. Okay, let's go to verse 1 of chapter chapter uh, 45. The boys are back in Egypt. They bring Benjamin with them. They get more grain. Joseph sends them away, still speaking harshly to them. And they get so far, not far from, from the Egypt, and... Joseph's friend, you know, uh, head honcho went out to get them, and they said that somebody stole Joseph's silver cup. And whoever has stolen it is going back to Egypt with them and will become the servant of, of Joseph. It was a plan. Joseph had a plan all along. The cup was found in Benjamin's sack, and he was accused of stealing it, and Joseph brought them back. When he came back, they explained everything to Joseph, and Joseph set up a meal in his house with them. So anyway, here we go. First chapter 1, or chapter 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could not control himself. His brothers are before him again, and he sees Benjamin, for the first time, when he left Egypt or was sold into Egypt, Benjamin was only two years old from my calculations, and I'll explain it a little later as we go. Then Joseph, remember, oh, too, I got to say, in, in chapter 44, um, who was it? Uh, Judah wanted to put himself in Benjamin's place because Joseph was going to keep Benjamin. So he became, he was willing to become the sacrificial sacrifice. Does that remind you of anybody? That's right, the Lord Jesus Christ. He became the sacrificial sacrifice for you and for me. So, then Joseph could not contain himself when he saw that Judah was willing to give his life for Benjamin, and to spare his dad's life who would die if Benjamin was kept. And now the other brothers, the other nine, said the same thing. So Joseph, is he couldn't restrain himself because he saw that the four tests that he put them through, he put them through, they passed. Don't forget, it's 20 years later. They changed. Thank God, in 20 years. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Once Joseph then saw that Judah and his brothers were willing to give up their lives for their brother Benjamin, he couldn't contain himself. 
Joseph could see that now they were concerned about others. They had compassion, but they didn't have compassion on him when he cried when they put him in the cistern and sold, then sold him into Egypt. They had now compassion. They were worried about Benjamin. They were worried about their father dying, you know, if Benjamin would have been left in Egypt. And he broke into tears, and he could no longer constrain himself. Remember, he was very patient. These boys were in Egypt, stood before him. He sent them back to Canaan, and then after they ate up all the grain, they had to go back to Egypt. Months went by. Patience is a weapon that, that will force any deception to reveal itself. He was patient, but now this took the cake. He was willing. To, he saw that Judah was ready to stand in the place for his brother, and so were the other brothers. And it broke him into tears. Then Joseph could not constrain himself for those stood, who stood by him. And he cried out, make everybody leave. But he kept his brothers there so that no one stood with him. Joseph made himself known to his brothers. His heart was full. Months had gone by. He couldn't wait to see what the boys were going to do. And he was, they were willing Remember, Moses, I said it last week, Moses was willing to give his life up that Israel might be saved in, in uh, Genesis uh, chapter 22, 32 and verse 32. Genesis 32, 32. Moses was willing to die to, that Israel would be saved. Then we see Paul in Acts chapter 9, verse 4. One through four, he was ready to give up his life if Israel would be saved. You see this love, and now we see Judah ready to give up his life for his brother Benjamin. And even to take, uh, make sure dad wasn't going to die if Benjamin would be taken into Egypt and put in jail and made Joseph's slave. And he, Joseph, wept aloud, and the Egyptians of the Pharaoh's house heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, listen to me, he was speaking in Egyptian all along, even though he understood the Hebrew language. All of a sudden, this, this prime minister of Egypt begins talking in the native language of the brothers Hebrew. And they're shocked right there. Right there, they're shocked. He's there thinking, he's going to kill us. This is Joseph, the one we sold for 20 pieces of silver into, into Egypt. He's going to kill us. He has the power. He has the authority to put them in jail to take their lives. But he doesn't. Joseph is weeping so loudly because they passed the four tests that Joseph put them through. So here, that's a lesson for everybody out there that Joseph wept, Jesus wept, Jeremiah wept, Moses wept, Peter wept, John wept, and of course, Jesus himself wept. It's okay to weep, church. It takes more strength to let the tears flow and humble yourself before your brother than it is to pretend like you're Mr. Strongman when you aren't. You have to admit your frailty. And you won't get into the kingdom of heaven unless you admit your frailty, that you're a sinner and fall short of the glory of God.
Maybe they, they're thinking, he's going to make us a slave. We're never going to get back to Canaan. We're never going to see our dad again. He's going to kill us, and he's going to keep Benjamin. Joseph sees that Benjamin, for the first time, he's about 24, 25 years old now, Joseph at this point was uh, in Egypt for 20-some years, and I'll show you as we go on. And he says to his brothers, is my father still alive? See, Joseph, after these 20 years in Egypt, from being a prisoner in jail, being head honcho in, in, in Potiphar's house, and now he's prime minister of Egypt, he wants to know if his dad's okay. He still loved his dad, even though he was sold into Egypt by his brothers. And even this shows that he still loves his brothers. Talk about agape love. Unconditional love. They were dismayed, verse 3. Let's read verse 3. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. And Joseph said to him, Please come closer to me. And they came closer, and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. Listen to this. Here's where the spirituality comes in. God sent me before you to preserve life. You know what Joseph's name means? I, God will add. He added life when life would have been done for the, for the Judah or for the tribe of Judah up in Canaan. The famine was that severe. Now they're thinking, this guy Joseph, he played us all this time. He showed them his strong arm. Remember, remember the dreams Joseph had? The ten sheaves are going to bow down before Joseph? He showed them that that was the way it was, and they were bowing down before him. The dream was fulfilled. And soon to come, the sun, the moon, and the stars will bow down to him. And soon, Judah will come to Egypt, and guess what he's going to do? He's going to bow before his son, Joseph. God brought this to pass that makes Joseph a true prophet. They were dismayed because they thought he was going to get revenge on them and he had the power to do it. They were filled with terror. Let me tell you, they're filled with terror, horror. They're thinking they're dead men at this point. Joseph could have responded and made them terror, but instead, conviction from the Holy Spirit fell on them. They now know that he knew every word they spoke to each other in Hebrew while they stood before him at his throne. Verse 4, And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near me, full of compassion. He wasn't ready to strike them dead. Remember I told you the name of this passage is Purpose, Not Tragedy. Benjamin was most likely shocked 
not knowing the eleven brothers sold him into sold Joseph into Egypt. He didn't know it, I'm sure. They didn't say anything. Dad certainly didn't know it. And wait till Dad gets the news. What did you do? You sold Joseph into Egypt for 20 pieces of silver, and you bring back the multicolored cloak all torn to pieces with blood all over it, goat's blood. These brothers were not spiritual by any means. They deceived Joseph or Jacob, their father, for 20 years. They held this secret in them. But Joseph's looking at it from a spiritual perspective, and it is not to be, it is to protect and, and to make sure that this nation live. Verse 5, but now do not therefore be grieved, Joseph is telling them. Don't worry, I'm not angry because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. In other words, God sent him ahead because this famine, God knew this famine was going to take place. He needed Joseph to be in Egypt, and after being in Egypt for 20 years, 20 plus years, he still did not bow his, his knee before an idol. God sent me ahead of you, he told them. We look at it from this point of view nowadays, and we think of Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. And Joseph had a purpose, and that purpose was to, not for tragedy, but to protect an entire nation. Joseph understood spiritually, God sent me before you. Here's what he says three times in verse 5 and verse 7 and verse 8. In verse 5, Joseph said, God sent me before you to preserve your life. And in verse 7, he says, God sent me before you to preserve a remnant. He's going to save Israel. That remnant is Israel. In verse 8, it was not you who sent me, but God. See, Joseph sees this thing from a spiritual perspective. And sometimes we, in our lives, when trouble comes against us, we got to see it from a spiritual, perfect, uh, purpose, uh, spiritual point of view. Joseph sees purpose and not tragedy in this. It was the preservation, the purpose was the preservation of an entire nation. And Joseph's name in Egypt, in Hebrew, I, I told you, means addition, or God will add. And while they're going to be in Egypt for 400 years, God had raised up a, an awesome nation. By the time the 400 years were over, the women in Israel were bearing children so quickly that they outgrew the number in Egypt. And Egypt became afraid of the of the Hebrews this is a sign of mature faith a sign of mature faith is knowing that God has a purpose in our lives and Joseph certainly knew it 
He was a, he had mature faith, and he meets tragedy from God's perspective, and so do we. Whatever's happened in your life, you got to be spiritually discerning and spiritually mature enough to meet tragedy in your life from God's perfective, perfect, uh, perspective. God was going to bring increase. God was planning to save an entire nation. And we're going to see as we move on, 70 people come back to Egypt. And it's, I'll explain that as we go. Here's what Joseph said on his deathbed in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 19 and 20 where we get there. Joseph's on his deathbed. And he says, Jacob's death, Joseph's brothers were afraid that when his dad died that Joseph was going to have them killed. They still were, were worried about Joseph. Dad was on his deathbed, and they figured if dad dies, Joseph's going to kill us. But Joseph had no such thing. He said to them, actually, here's what he said. Do not be afraid, for I am I in God's place. You meant it for evil, but I meant it for, for God meant it for good. You've heard those words before. You meant it for evil. People have said that. Uh, I mean, I've said that to people. You meant it for evil, but God meant it, made it good. God causes all things, not some things, all things to work out for you. God causes all things to work together for the good. Here's, what, here's the testing of the brothers. This Joseph put them through four tests, as I mentioned before. Joseph's not looking to judge them. He wants to see what kind of men these are now because they weren't very nice men when they, were, they, he sold, they sold him into Egypt. But they were repentant. Remember, he heard them in their Hebrew language talking to one another, and some of the things they said is God has found us out, and now we're going to have to pay for what we did to Joseph. So they were repentant the first time they stood before Joseph, and Joseph heard them because he understood the Hebrew language. It was his native language. It was his first language. Genesis 42, verse 22 and 33, And Reuben answered them, saying, Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy? But you would not listen to me. Therefore, behold, his blood is on us now, is required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. But he heard them repenting of their sin. As I told you, what does Charles Spurgeon say? He says, sin and hell are married until repentance claims a divorce. So for those of you that prayed, Accept Jesus as your Savior and did not repent of your sin and turn away from them. You're still, sin and hell are still married in your life until you repent. Peter said in Acts uh, 2.38, repent and be baptized. John the Baptist said repent when he started his ministry. Jesus said repent when he started his ministry. 
Repentance is so important. Sin and hell are married in your life until you repent, and it will claim a divorce from sin and hell, and you're on your way to the kingdom of heaven. Verse 6, for these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. Joseph's going to save their life. Since his name means increase in addition, the Jews will increase, and they're going to be set apart from the Egyptians because Joseph is going to give them all the land of Goshen, and Goshen was a very fertile land for raising sheep. The Hebrew God will add, his name also means, the Hebrew nation was saved and being set apart from Egypt. And they prospered for 400 years. But then there came a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. And Egypt and Egypt made Israel slaves to his people. In all this, there's one more way Joseph typifies Christ. Both Joseph and Jesus responded to his brother's repentance, their repentance, with forgiveness and kindness. Jesus did that for us. He responded uh, to us with of our prayers of repentance from our sin, and he forgave us and, and was very kind and still is very kind to us. Verses 7 and 8, God sent me before you, me, Joseph, before you to prospose, preserve a remnant, for you on the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me a father or an advisor to Pharaoh and the Lord of all of his house and ruler throughout all of the land of Egypt. See, Joseph is speaking his purpose, not tragedy. Yes, it was tragic what happened to him, being sold into Egypt. He probably cried for many a day. But he sees purpose now and not tragedy. And now he's a ruler in all of Egypt. God sent Jesus to preserve our lives from, by a great deliverance a deliverance from our sin. I should say the penalty of our sin. See, God sent Jesus the same thing as Joseph. What was happening to Joseph here? Giving them a great deliverance. And so we have been greatly delivered by the Lord Jesus Christ with a great deliverance from a penalty of our sin, which is death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Preservation, listen to this first, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. Many, may the God of peace sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete until the coming of Christ. Joseph and Jesus, the picture here of what Joseph's doing to his brothers as what the Lord did to us. He delivered us. And he's given us eternal life. 
For you know the verse, God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. All you got to do is believe in him. And you will not perish, but have eternal life. But don't forget, repentance is part of that. Repent and return, says Acts 4.19. Repent and return that you might be refreshed. Verse 9 through 11, hurry and go to my father. This is what he's telling his brothers to do. Hurry, go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me and to your, and your children and your children's children, your flocks and your herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, for there are still five more years of famine. They're out of food. They aren't going to make it through five more years. Listen, do you know how prosperous Egypt was through Joseph? He wasn't worried about running out of food. He wasn't sitting there saying, we got five years of, of famine. Is the grain going to last? No, he had so much grain, he knew that he was going to get through this famine. And he knew he could add 70, 75 more people to his list and they still will have plenty left because Joseph did such a wise thing as we know from the chapters prior. Acts chapter 7 and verse 14 tells us that Jacob's household was 75 people in all who went down to Egypt. That's what Stephen said in his sermon before he was stoned to death. In Acts chapter 7, verse 14, it says 75 people went down to Egypt. And you know what? When they came out of Egypt, many a preacher say that there was about 2 million people. From 75 to 2 million people in, in 400 years. Listen, if you go to Genesis um, you're going to see that it says that 70 came down to Egypt. So there's a conflict here. In, in Acts, we see 75. In, in uh, Genesis, we see 70. But let's, it says there, but the wives of Jacob's sons were not counted. So that leaves room for five more. Maybe Jacob's sons, they were all much older than Joseph. Maybe only five of their wives lived, which would bring that up to 75. So you can't, see, a lot of people play with Scripture, and they say, see, the Scriptures don't line up. Well, they do line up if you really read very carefully. And behold, verse 12 through 15, and behold your eyes and the eyes of your brother Benjamin. See that it is in my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father, of all the gl my glory in Egypt. He wants them to tell. If they go back to Egypt, they want to, he wants them to tell dad how successful he's been, you know, in Egypt. And of all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brethren Benjamin's neck, and he wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. After that, his brothers talked with him. Listen, no revenge here. 
Joseph wasn't thinking of killing them. They, he loved on them. So how beautiful is agape love? It's untainted by sin. That's a perfect picture of it. These guys sold Joseph into slavery in Egypt for a lousy 20 pieces of silver, two pieces per brother. They sold him into Egypt, and Joseph forgives them. He, he has the authority, he has the power to wipe them off the face of the earth, but he wants he's taking reconciliation first. Reconciliation is taking place. It's untainted by sin. It's untainted by revenge. What beauty is there in agape love when we see God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son? Jesus loved us so much that he went to the cross untainted by sin, forgiving us. Joseph here is promising provision. God's people today are promised provision. Well, well, think of it in this time. Joseph, the people in the world are starving to death, but God has provided for his people. And he will always provide for you. Bad things may happen, but God has you. God's people will be kept separate, as I said. They're going to be sent to the land of Goshen, close enough for Joseph to visit them, and they visit Joseph. And it's a very fertile land for raising sheep, which was an abomination to Egyptians. And they were extremely racist, and they didn't want to intermingle with the Jews. So God kept this nation, this bloodline, pure, really. There's no interracial marriaging. Racism is, is, was flourishing in Egypt. Shepherding was an abomination to them. But yet, in these 400 years, they didn't know they were going to end up slaves. But the Jewish women were, were putting on babies left and right. And they outgrew the entire nation of Israel or Egypt. Verse 16. Now the report was heard in Pharaoh's house saying, Joseph's brothers have come. So it pleased Pharaoh and his servants. Look at Joseph is so well loved in Egypt. Don't tell me you have to be a cruel ruler to rule. Joseph is loved by Pharaoh and his house, and even his staff. Everybody loved Joseph. You know why? Because he was a righteous, integrable man. Agape love abides between Pharaoh and Joseph. Even Pharaoh isn't afraid to say, bring your mom and dad down here. Just bring them down. And the Pharaoh said to them, verses 17 through 19, And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, do this. Listen, listen to what's going to happen. Load your camel, load your camels and depart. Go to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your households back and come to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you will eat the fat of the land. Now you are commanded to do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives and bring your father and come. Here's Pharaoh. He loved Joseph so much. Bring your entire family, 75 people. Bring everybody. 
Pharaoh isn't worried about running out of grain. There's still five more years of famine. Not running. He ain't worried about it. God has provided, and he used Joseph to do it because he interpreted Joseph, uh, Pharaoh's dreams. So Pharaoh's saying, I second the motion, Joseph. Go get your family. Verses 20 through 24. I'll read it from the Bible here. Do not concern yourselves with your goods, for the best of the, of the land of Egypt is yours. Hey, Pharaoh's saying, we have enough. I, ain't, I don't care if you're 150 people. We have enough grain to feed you over in the land of Goshen. The generosity is flowing out here. Pharaoh is obviously a grateful Pharaoh. Verse 21, Then the sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the command of Pharaoh, and he gave provisions for the journey. To each of them he gave changes of garments, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of garment. To his father he sent as following, ten donkeys loaded with the things, the best things of Egypt, ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and sustenance for his father on the journey. So he sent his brothers away, and as they departed, he said to them, Do not quarrel on the journey. Then they went up from Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to their father Jacob. They told him, saying, Joseph is still alive, and indeed he is under He is over all the land of Egypt, but he was stunned. He was stunned. You know, the New American version says that his heart stopped. That's how stunned he was. Did you ever have, you ever learned something where your heart just went, you know that. It's happened. Joseph is still alive, and indeed he is ruler over all of Egypt, but he was stunned, verse 26, for he did not believe them. But when he saw that he had spoken to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of his father revived. Then Israel said, it is enough my son Joseph is still alive. I will go see him before I die. They got carts and camels, 20 camels, male and female camels. One carried the best things of Egypt, 10 of them. The other ones carried grain. He gave them donkeys and everything. Take carts for the little ones. Made sure they, were, they would have a comfortable ride. Instead of giving him an old 57 Chevy, he gave him a Lincoln Continental. And they said, don't be concerned about the goods. Verse 45, verse chapter 45, 22. Benjamin was two years old when Joseph was, was 17 when Joseph was sold into Egypt. Benjamin was only two years old. He really didn't know Benjamin. He really didn't know Joseph, but he knew about him. Joseph, who was made prime minister at age 30 from he interpreted Pharaoh's dream remember at age 30 he was made 
And you know, seven years of plenty went by, plus two years of famine. That makes Joseph 39 years old, and that puts Benjamin about 24 or 25 years old. The gifts are given to their brothers, provisions for the journey, changes of garment. Benjamin receives 30 pieces of silver and five changes of garments. Jacob is given 10 donkeys loaded with goods from Egypt, 10 female donkeys with grain and bread and food for the journey. There was nothing given to them. The other journey they made to Egypt or back to Canaan, remember, he just sent them out with fear in them. You know what? This is also a picture of Jesus. Jesus provided his Holy Spirit to us. Jesus, you know, is, has given us a clean change of clothing. It's the robe of his righteousness. Let me show you this. Isaiah 66 or 62 verse 10. Go th this is the second part of verse 10. Romans 62, sorry. Second part of verse 10. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, and he has wrapped me in his robe of righteousness. This is a picture of Jesus too. And not only that, if you add Ephesians 4, 8 to it, when he ascended on high, he led the captives captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Same thing. Gifts were given to these men who were, who were being saved from the famine. This is another way Joseph typifies Christ. Both gave gifts to undeserving brethren like us. Because the wages of our sin is death. But God gives us the robe of Jesus' righteousness. You know, you wear a breastplate of righteousness. He gave gifts to us. We didn't deserve the greatest gift of all, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for us. Verse 25 through 28, go back to Genesis chapter 45, verses 25 through 28. Joseph is still alive. Verse 26. Remember I said the New American Standard Bible says he was stunned. The New King James says his heart stood still. Another version says fluttering. His heart was fluttering because he didn't believe them. But he looked at all the gifts that were sent and he knew it was true. And he Benjamin is going to be reunited with his father. And there's another picture. You know, someday the Lord's going to come, and he's going to come back, and we're going to be at another great reunion where we're going to see our father play face to face in the kingdom of heaven, a place for, for, of heaven where, where all who believe will end up. Because eye hasn't seen, and ear hasn't heard, nor has it entered into the heart of men all that God has prepared for all those who love us. Jesus gave us a gift of eternal life and someday we will be rewarded with a great reunion and see our Father in heaven. Jacob's heart is revived 
and so will ours someday when we get to the kingdom of heaven. Paul says in 2 Timothy 2, he says, Endure hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ. We're going to have tribulation in this world. God, the Lord himself said so. But he says, I have overcome the world. You know how Joseph overcame the world? He didn't act on, on flesh. He acted in the spirit. And because he acted in the spirit, he saw purpose and not tragedy. He knew because the spirit, I guess, told him, I'm sure it was the spirit, told him that he's going to preserve an entire nation. So Jacob's heart is restored, it's nourished, it's quickened, it's recovered. And in a sense, Joseph is raised from the dead. Because for 20 years, he thought Joseph was dead. You know what? Someday, we're going to see our risen Savior, who is risen from the dead. But Jacob has to make his trip to Egypt yet. So here's one more way Joseph typifies Christ. Both were resurrected from the dead, Christ and Joseph, because to Judah, his father, Joseph was dead. Even the boys, who, when they were in Egypt, they even told Joseph, Joseph is dead. They already considered him dead. And they, too, saw a resurrection that day. And Jacob said in chapter 42, verse 36, Jacob said to them, You have bereaved me of Joseph, because he's no more, and Simeon is in Egypt, and he is no more, and now you want to take Benjamin back? No, sir. I'll bet you he waited till all the grain ran out. And then he said, Okay. Some of you feel that way. Everything's against you. But you must remember, hold on to Scripture. Hold on to Scripture. Some of you are sick. You've got to hold on to Scripture. You know, like Psalm 103. All the promise of God are yea and amen. Let me read you Psalm 30. 30 um, Psalm 103. I quoted it a little earlier, and you're going to see it, but I'm going to read it from the New American Standard here. Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. Bless 